Well, lap four coming at you. Hot. Coming in hot, boys. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Man, I'm ready to talk about something else other than this. <laughs> but we do have to touch on that sometime. Sometime in the podcast. I mean, it's been a big, it's been big, okay? Like, we like it. We love it. But that's all that's going on right now. I'm, I'm just happy to get other things. Yeah, it's February. What else is going um, on out there? Huh? did have um, King of the Hammers food. I did not catch it, but I know you're a fan. Yes. Um, I got to go last year um, working it, but was crewing it for a stock class car. It's really cool. It's like NASCAR on steroids in the desert for off-road racing. I would say it's the probably the toughest off-road race single-day event out there. I think the 4400 class, um, which is the top class, does 200 miles in, through the desert and the rocks. Uh, they, It's not a um, normal race anymore where you're trying to take care of your equipment. This year was a full-out sprint race, which was crazy to see them going through the rocks as fast as they possibly could. It looks like the leader finished the race and just under six hours, five hours, 45 minutes. He actually was the second person across. It was um, Raul Gomez. He was the second guy to cross the line. Jason um, in the 76 car couldn't pull a big enough gap between him to get to the um, top of the podium. It took him five hours and 46 minutes. So it was, they really were less than a minute apart. Um, and like I said, it's full on sprint through the rocks. I know there's a lot of desert section on the first lap, but the second and third lap are all rocks. And these guys were, you know, not probably averaging five to 10 miles an hour on these rock sections. Um, I would highly suggest looking them up on YouTube and checking out this race. It is worth a look. For sure. Another thing that I I noticed um, last year, the Ford Broncos swept the podium in the stock class, the 4600 class, which they ran on Friday um, in the Everyman Challenge. Uh, the 4400 class runs Saturday by themselves. They're a single class race. You have the 4046, the 45s, and the 4200s that run in the everyman challenge and the stock class it's they're not stock vehicles, but um, the Broncos swept the podium again this year. They're the only car running a front independent front end. And I think that we can come out and say that a solid axle isn't the only way for off-road racing anymore. I know the, Bronco that you just like roll into the Ford dealership and buy has optional linkage in the front suspension now. So like if you're rock crawling or whatever, and you come up to a rock and you like you plateau out on your like front right tire and your front left is hanging in the air, you can push a button and it'll drop your front left to the ground. Yeah. 
Um, they is, run those those on the race versions. Um, Ford actually does not support um, Ultra Four, which is the the group that runs King of the Hammers. They their factory support was pulled after last year. So these guys still running the Broncos are running them without factory support now. Um, but it's it is amazing that these guys are able to run independent front ends and not have issues breaking axles in these rocks. Where is the race? It's Johnson Valley, California. It's literally, I think it's 30 minutes to the, like, the closest town, uh, you stay out in the desert and it's a dust ball. You come home getting dust out of your, you know what, for three weeks. Uh, but I was out there for two and a half weeks. I want to say when I went out there for, um, crewing for the, um, 46, 88 racing, um, Jeep, uh, out of Gardendale, Alabama. And it, it gets, that's a little too long, but it is, is a party. They make, they build literally they build a city in the middle of the desert. It's like burning man for race fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they named the city hammer town and you it's, it's like being at Talladega or Daytona for two whole weeks. But grittier. <laughs> yes. But a lot dirtier. Yeah. Once the track goes cold, all the non-racers grab their big old rock crawlers and stuff and head out to the rocks. And they're out there all night. You can just hear them climbing rocks and drinking beer and jamming to music all night. That sounds awesome. Sign me up. I just wanted to give a quick touch on um, King of the Hammer since it happened. I thought it was um, an incredible race this year with how fast they were driving through the rock sections. Cool. Yeah, it was, was kind of, I. we don't need to go into Dakar at all, but I, that was something that I've noticed over the last couple of years in the Dakar rally is, gosh, the suspensions on these cars are insane. Even the trucks, even like the big the big, big trucks that race like yeah, the, the stupid big ones, like the same size as a semi. Yeah. They look like a garbage truck. <laughs> yeah, they do. I was following a little bit of that car. Um, the motorcycle side when the, the American was leading it, but then I think he had day seven or day eight started running into difficulties. Yeah, the suspension, the front and rear suspension are all independent and they all look like they have three feet of travel. It's insane. Or more. It's just like the, the cab stays perfectly straight and still and yeah. uh, and the, the wheels are just going all over going the place. Going crazy, yeah. Yeah, dude's drinking a macchiato in the, in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know that's where Jimmy Johnson got his start. Like, he did a lot of that... Um like Baja style racing. Um, I was listening to an interview one time and he said something about he had wrecked and his, his teammate, you know, his, uh, what do you call that? I don't know. You know, co-pilot, I guess what you call him. Um, anyways, the guy that was co -driver. with him. Yeah. Co-driver. He, uh, he had, he had wrecked and he had gotten like hurt, like, you know, hurt where he was kind of like in and out and they're waiting on the helicopter to get out to him. They'd called it in on the sat phone. 
Um, but long story short, he said, I'm sitting out there in a rock. He goes, my, 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 my co-driver just passed out again. He's like, I'm looking up at the stars and I'm like, I'm going to find something else to do. Like this is, this is not where it's at. And I guess that's kind of how he got. I should look at the pickleball. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, maybe I should just go win like seven championships in NASCAR instead of doing this stuff. But (laughs) weird. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it worked out good for him. I think he's doing just fine. Do you guys watch extreme E at all? The, the electric off-roading series. Uh, no, like I've Jensen Button it, has a team. We don't cool. talk about electric here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> I tried Formula E. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Extreme E, I think out of all the electric things that are going on, Extreme E is cool. Uh, they, they're way too corny on their, like, save the planet. Like, they're using, like, you know, hundreds of pounds of cobalt in each car that's probably yeah. sourced from, like, little kids in Africa. You don't want to know. But, it is, yes. Um, but, like, you know, they, and they go race for the planet or whatever, but the racing is pretty awesome, not going to lie. Um, big big names own some teams, too. It's worth a watch. Fast forward through all the, the hibbity-bibbity at the beginning, though. <laughs> yeah. they, they race for the planet, you know, for... I don't know. Yeah, ten minutes for money. And just then like they all have the to rest charge of for a little while, and then we race for ten minutes more. Speaking of that, uh, on a side note, going back to King of the Hammers, they did have their first fully electric vehicle try to run the race. And Ooh, how'd that work out? What did it make? Like thirteen minutes? It, it DQ'd. Let's see here. Looking at it, the caught table. fire. It'll be burning for the next three years. Don't you know? Everyone was like, "Told you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the gas heads, all the all the gas guys. Told I told you, you, told you wouldn't work. <laughs> told them when they pulled it up there, they weren't gonna make it. I don't. I would have to look up what car number he was, but I think he he bowed out in lap one. If he'd asked me, I'd have told you. I told you. Shit I mean, to ask me. Shit to ask me. Would <laughs> what you off, off topic? But everything. <laughs> Everything's friggin' corny to do with these electric series. I, I, okay, I and, okay, we'll go ahead and touch on this. They're yeah, cars, they're not there. race cars, but I'm just saying right now, if they just make a, have you noticed the ones that are the most uh that work out the best that have the best, you know, sales or whatever, is the ones that look like a regular car. Why do they have yeah. to make an electric car yeah. look like an electric car? Why can't you just make I'm it look you. like a regular car? I don't want to drive I a know, spaceship, right? bro. That's like the Chevy and the Ford Lightning and all like this stuff. I'm like, Mike, why can't we just take the regular like current body style and just make it electric and just throw like a little badge on it saying it's electric? Like, wh- why do we got to change it up so much? I'm telling you. So, so and why are people buying it? Okay, like, what? the Tesla. Okay, Elon Musk being smart again, right? His Model Three looks like an electric car or whatever. But if you get the model, was it S? Is that the high performance one? It's got like a grill and it looks more like a regular car. And it's like, oh, I want that one because it looks better. He knows Man, what he's I was doing. Never really a fan of, I was never really a fan of Tesla, but like seeing some of the new stuff that's come out, I'm just like, man, Tesla's like the most normal looking one now. Yeah, yeah it is. When they first came out, they looked like alien cars. Now, like, I, okay, I was driving down the interstate today and I saw a Rivian. Yeah. Have you seen those trucks? Yeah, man. Look them up if you ain't seen them, okay? Oh, they got these hideous. weird headlights. Yeah. They look like that thing that, uh, was it, uh, who was the car? Honda made that robot? That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. On the remind road. me. They remind me of the freaking um, Honda truck, the Ridgeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Ridgeline. Come just, on, without now. without getting too off course with this too, but I feel like 
the like even like you look at this trend of like the headlight across the entire front of the car like the tail light across the entire back of the car like the ford lightning's tail light ugly the chevy's front end ugly like what are we doing yeah like, they don't why? know what they're doing i don't understand they don't know what they're doing it doesn't look good though but it's weird though people are buying it though that's what i don't understand they, it's it's status right it's a status you, i know i did you see my electric vehicle did you see my electric vehicle i don't know if you saw my electric vehicle yeah, I don't know if you saw it with, like, this big light that literally probably blinds you. Like, you know, it's just a line coming down the road now. It's not even headlights. It's just a line. <laughs> Have you all seen all the, like, the training to put out an electric car's a vehicle fire? Yeah, run away. Oh, yeah, you run don't. Away. Just get out yeah. the hot dogs. They, yeah. they, they said Wait they, till the fire truck shows up. You can put an electric car out, and three days later, it'll disperse back into flames. Yeah, it's a sales that'll go to the next sale and the next I sale. I think it's because all of these cars are being designed by people living in places and working in buildings of cities that you don't need a car to live in, like New York or San Francisco. Or yeah, I mean, that is the truth. Take, if you're in Western Oklahoma or West, West Texas, <laughs> right? If, <laughs> me and Dave, West Texas, Western Oklahoma, like to the next town, the closest one is 17 miles. After that, 17, try 40. I know after that, though, and that's just because the two towns that I live right next to, for some reason, are super close. If I want to go to a major city, it's an hour away. And that's to Oklahoma City. It's not like it's some good. The nearest public Tesla charger to me is an hour and a half away. See, I'm lucky. I'm on I-40, so I have a Tesla charger in town, but we only have one Tesla supercharger. The rest of them are the regular ones that aren't, aren't that good. Anyways, it's, it's although the podcast... we got a Bucky's with chargers. Hey, if you want to hear some more about electric vehicles, yeah, leave a comment. <laughs> leave a comment. Maybe tune in later. Let us know. Maybe tweet. At, go at Elon Musk on Twitter. <laughs> He'll be happy to share. Yeah. But anyways, Daytona 500 did happen. I don't that know is if right. y'all remember. The Daytona there, it has been known now as the commercial 500. Hey, hey Levi. Yes. Hey, yeah. Levi. Yes, sir. Do we want to talk about your... Um... I want to talk about everything except for the last lap. Is that cool if we just do like... <laughs> was like, was it four four ninety eight or something like that? That's what I want to talk about. Like the Daytona 498. Not I'm not going to lie. I'm a Joey Logano fan and I was rooting for Stenthouse, bro. Like, give what it to the... me. What, dude? I was I wanna... dying inside is what I was doing. <laughs> oh my Literal. If you got I audio of me watching, it. I should have recorded. It was... Oh my! Stenhouse just won. It no is way they let Kroger. that happen. Oh my oh. god, dude! We should have had Dave oh. have that have his pick on the hot mic. Oh, dude. I was hoping he'd fall off the fence because I was watching like... him walk out the fence, and I'm like, man, just oh, man. how did this like, happen? Ricky, chill, Ricky. How did you let You're this? Like, happen? man, man, somebody get there and kick that man off. What is he doing? <laughs> somebody, <laughs> a true NASCAR fan with a number three Dale Earnhardt shirt on, go kick this man off the fence. I didn't really hope he'd fall off, but it would have no, I didn't been either. perfect for the moment stuff. in his Cottonelle Kroger oh. Daytona winning car. I mean, when Doo-doo he won, whites. I was like, "There's no way. There's no <laughs> way." I just want to say that Norman talked all that about Ford. And guess what? Guess who's still the most winningest manufacturer of the Daytona 500 and added another one to the books? Chevrolet. That's right. Chevrolet, Chevrolet. baby. Chevrolet. Chevrolet. Can, uh, I was really impressed with Travis Pastrana overall. He did good. He, did. he finally had to get a big push at the very end of that race. 11th hurts, but, I mean, it's better than 25th or whatever, or 40th. Hey, hey I just want to say, I just want to say, Y'all saw Blaney die and get murdered. 
And guess where he finished this race? He finished in eighth. I don't what? know if you guys saw that. What? I did not notice that. No. was mangled, and he finished in eighth. His I was like, front, oh, His baby. whole front right was gone, dude. Yeah, it was gone. They cut it off. Oh, man. It was so funny. He got caught up in the second wreck, too. I was like, dude, he still finished eighth. Let's go. And then, and then you know, so, okay, I don't know if y'all saw Xfinity. I'm going back a little bit past the Daytona 500, but the Xfinity race, Junior Motorsports, the worst debacle I have ever seen in NASCAR history as a team. I'm just letting you know right now. If y'all did not see oh, what it, happened? I've watched they it, had, they now. maneuvered up. They had one guy in front, can't remember who it was, and they were second, third, fourth, fifth, okay? All they have to do is cut him out, and they win the race, Okay. They end up screwing it up. Then the caution comes out. Then they try to get there like side by side. You know, they didn't line up together. So they're going to try to own the race or something and just block. No, that didn't even work either. They completely blew it, wrecked each other out. Nice. <laughs> How are you going to be setting at Daytona, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and like you just completely blow it? And not win. It was almost as bad as when Denny bumped the car in front of him, who then bumped... Bubba Wallace, and then we found out that Bubba Wallace isn't that good at at restrict plate or uh, speedway racing because he got <laughs> slammed into the wall <laughs> off of a bump. There was a lot of bumping going on too. There were some scary ones. Oh, who was it? It was my man Truex. <laughs> Truex. But the funny thing is, Denny owns is half owner in that twenty three car, so he took his own damn car out. That's what a, a lot of the people are talking about in NASCAR. But yeah, yeah, that was a good one. It was just like. Owners and teams just screwing up. Like, I bet you Dale Jr., when that went down for the Xfinity race, was losing his mind. I was, and I'm not, I got nothing. I got nothing. I was in my living room going, are you kidding me? On the on that stage, I know NASCAR hat couldn't really control it, but the truck race, freaking one lap into your first official race of the season, you have to throw a caution for rain. Yeah, that one was brutal, but nothing was more brutal than the commercials. I know I said it before, oh. I'm saying it again. The Daytona 500 was riddled with commercials. It was worse that than was usual. Tough, I haven't seen it in a while, and I thought it was just me. I was like, man, I don't remember this many commercials. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. I was even looking at that stat thing. Did you guys see what I posted? And yeah. they're saying it's like similar, but man, it didn't feel similar. No, it felt like there was like four million commercials. I was like, oh, every eight laps, I was like, holy. So I follow my boy Kenny Wallace on social media, and he's you know he's loudmouth. He loves you know saying what's on his mind, and uh, he's an old NASCAR guy if you don't know. And uh, anyways, he was. He got. He was acting like he had a phone on his ear, and he's like, "Hey, hey, Fox, yeah, it's just all the fans. How about you block out some of these commercials, or maybe you run some commercials when we're going to the pits during a caution or something." Yeah, call mother's like, window tent. Yeah, I was like, "Why do we need all this?" He's like, "But for real, like, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. It was too many, and they were the same damn commercials. It's not like I was seeing they were. something new." Well, and uh, two things on the commercials. Used to, Daytona used to have their own, like, special commercials. Right. All they did was rehash the Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then secondly, then they tried to make you feel like you were getting racing with Toyota and Wendy's onboard cameras paying for this commercial break. But you're stuck on a Toyota or the Wendy's car and can't see anything of the race going on. Yeah, when they went to Noah. And then there was yeah. a caution. And then, like, when a Wendy's exec called Fox was like, hey, we paid for 30 seconds. We got 26. Can we need to uh, 
do that again. And then they were like, and uh, let's go back to Noah now for the yeah. Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's game break. And since when do they not break in on a side-by-side when a caution comes out? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I'm telling you. I did like the choose rule. I will say if I positive note. You liked it? I did. I thought it was cool. I because I'm not like I'm it. not an old school NASCAR guy, man. I can't like I can't reminisce about the times of old, but like just as a racing fan, that was cool. I can't tell you this much. Brad K looked pretty good in that six car. He looked pretty strong. He did look good. Yeah. He he color good. Chrome. I did, yeah, and I didn't know TJ Majors is his uh sponsor. And they, they do another podcast we really like listening to. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Woo. Yeah, TJ. TJ's my boy, dude. I like TJ. Missing Good out. Stuff. Good stuff. Missing out. But, uh, oh, Priest, 41. Um, races for uh, the old Stewart. Um, he, he, I would know how he'd do because he's a short track guy. I mean, that's what his, you know, he's come from. That's his background. But he really, uh, he really looked good. Um, got caught up in some bad stuff. Um, my man Truex was my pick to win. He did look good for a while. And I thought it yeah, was coming did. true. I thought it was coming true, guys. I started sweating. I got all excited. I was standing up in my living room. Levi, I'm not going to lie. I, I got on Vegas halfway through the race and put on a live bet Truex to win because I felt it. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. And then it just didn't happen. That's, that's Daytona, though. Dang it. Yeah, everybody got killed in that one wreck. Yeah. Coming, to the, yeah. coming to two to go or something. And all like that was left. All that was left was Ricky. Can we talk? Can we talk about how garbage <laughs> this package is, too, bro? Like, I swear this draft package is like the worst it's ever been. Like, so bad. Like, nobody is like can do anything, no. and it's just terrible. And like, look at the Xfinity race. They literally single file trained the entire like end of the race. Yeah, and I don't think they've got terrible. their hands around this car yet. I know what happens in NASCAR. It seems like NASCAR is the first like. I don't know if they just don't put as much money into it, but it's like when they change their cars, it takes a couple of seasons, not three seasons, to get competitive. Because they said the reason with the with the Toyotas is they were trying to. I read some article or listened to something. They said the Toyotas they were trying to uh, fix the cooling issue for the driver, so they're opening up more holes in oh, windows and stuff, you know, to let some breeze through. And that's why they were they were really bad. Um, they've gotten better, but that's why they're just not as as powerful so it's an aero thing um and i don't know if it'll get any better on short tracks either um i was listening to dale jr talk about it on on his uh his podcast he, he was talking about you know different things at short tracks because everybody's got the same braking distance you know say say you're braking 100 feet before you only got 100 feet and in a nascar when you're coming down to a corner you just can't make many moves there and so they were talking about all the different things they can do to try to make it where the cars don't break as well to try to be more competitive because you just, well, I just don't understand. Like they made the short tracks and the super speedways, which is like what they're known for yeah. the worst possible. Yeah. Like they made them worse and everything else better. I know. And like, that's the if bad you thing go, you, you can't do away with the short tracks or the restraint. Like, like you said, that's their two bread and butter. Well, the super speedways, the, the reason we have these single file trains is because literally like now in order to win the race or move up the line, like if a guy pulls out and there's 10 to go, like you, you shouldn't go with him. You should just ride in line with the big train and we keep letting people pull out and fall back because you're going to have a better shot to win when there's two to go and you pull out because literally nobody's going to go with you because you can't. And like, obviously, the tandem days are over. They, they've been over for a while, but. You could at least used to be able to get like three or four cars going on the bottom and then you'd have a challenge. Now it's like 
you can't. Everybody's single file. Nobody's gonna hop out and help you because they they know, they know you're going not gonna to go back. anywhere. Yeah, we're yeah, going you're back. not going anywhere. That's the problem. It's just a waste of time. Like you looked at the lines, they fell off. Like Cup was a bit different. I, I don't remember when it happened, but I thought with like ten to go, the two lines kind of formed. Like a couple guys dropped from the front, and then you saw everyone split. But Xfinity, it was just like. There's guys riding around a tent. I'm like, why are you not going? I'm like, do you want to finish 10th? Yeah. Like, it's two to go, man. It's too yeah. late. Let's go. Like, you needed to jump like five laps ago, man. Oh, yeah. Like, there's nobody there and nobody would go. And it was just like, what are we doing? And you could tell when someone got spit out how bad, how like, I mean, I know that's that's typical all the time. But especially this year, like when Brad Kozlowski got spit out of the lead, dude, he dropped from first to like 15th, like in a lap is oh, fast yeah. and no one let him back in which i mean i know that's racing but it's the the cars are are uh very uh big uh, yeah yeah and, they're not they're not great and so it's they're been not. probably i had six or seven years since i've actually watched a daytona not just highlights or tune in for the end I, I was so hyped i mean it was like super bowl feeling you know yeah i think dave i think dave you made that comment i you felt know, it you're grilling. I was like, grilling. You know, got, beer, got beers cracked. And it was like by the middle of it, I'm like, man, what are we doing? I got to watch this because I got to watch this. But yeah. I don't know if I want to watch this. You know, like it was oh, it was pulling teeth there for a while. It was just monotony. And I don't know. It just was broke up so much. And I don't go back to again, but the commercials broke it up so much. You couldn't ever really get into it. Yeah. That was bad. They got, they've yeah. got to do something. And people bad. are talking about it so much. NASCAR's got to start listening at some point. I'll pay. I'll pay. That's fine. I already pay YouTube for YouTube TV. I already pay for freaking Hulu with no commercials or I whatever. I pay for that one app. I pay like, for that yeah, app. If, if, if NASCAR came out with a $10.999 a month app, was like, hey, here's, I would pay it. And, and here's you the deal. Hear me, NASCAR? Like, I would, would pay it. <laughs> listen up, NASCAR. I'll pay fifteen dollars if you put all the team radios, so I can listen to anybody it. at any time. Yeah, and it's it. I won't. I'm cheap. I'll pay twelve bucks. That's it. No, you so won't. You'll get, pay like seventeen fifty because you're Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I already. I, <laughs> I paid. <laughs> I paid for F1 TV all through the off season just because, like, that's just. I like it. I use it. I'm not going to go through the trouble of canceling it and then resubscribing. Like, if you give me some package where i don't have to watch you know wendy's commercials and pedigree commercials or whatever over and over again like cool i'll take it i'll buy it dude what are we doing yeah what i don't understand though is like we like not to drag this on too long because i guess we're getting long on the same yeah, topic, yeah yeah but what i don't understand is like they implemented stages and stuff for these cautions like why can we not get at least like a 15 20 lap run before we're getting a freaking commercial like i don't understand why it's so like literally man it was like you'd get five six seven eight laps and there's another one and it's you're like you said it's not like it's a new one you're getting the same recycled ones and i mean i'm in canada so the commercials are different but i'm telling you man every time that commercial break came on they played like the same four commercials it was brutal i'll post i'll post the thing you posted antonio in the show notes so people can see it um but according to this stat 29 percent of green flag racing for this year's daytona 500 was ran under commercial break and that doesn't include that doesn't include the wendy's breakaway and the all 29 percent 29 percent of the over race. a quarter i i'm i'm pretty i'm i'm a dumb okie yeah that's over got, a quarter of the race, right? <laughs> we had 23 commercial breaks. We missed 78 laps. Of that 78 laps missed, 58 of them were under green flag. 
ridiculous. Come on. That is ridiculous. You, you, you're, you've got – and NASCAR is kind of like the worst, right? We can all agree with that with the huge names and the sponsors on the cars. We're watching a commercial the whole time we're going around the track. Like you said, who won the race? Cottonelle. We know who won the race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who second? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude who wipes. We watched Michael Waltrip. It is kind of bad, though. You take away time. Burger while oh, doing we, the we race. did. We did. Really? Oh, man, yeah, no, he had one. Mm, this is a good burger. You take away time <laughs> from the sponsors on the car, though, too. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, if you I didn't have a commercial it. during the Daytona 500 and you had a car in the Daytona 500, you're probably pretty pissed because, you, you know, 29% of the time they didn't get to see it. No, I'm with you. Don't forget also every lap that has a 4-8, you're supposed to sign up for the Bush whatever oh. 401k thing. Yeah. I don't even, dude, I can't even count like that. I'm watching a race. Oh, like, and. Babe, does 94 have a 4 in it? <laughs> Let's just touch on the let's just touch on the end of the race. The green white checker, no caution. Yes. We're gonna end under caution. Get rid of the green white checkered. Yeah, mean. if you're gonna do it anyways. Like I don't I don't know. I was kind of confused because I felt like we should have went on, but no, they had taken the or white. So call it something less cool than NASCAR overtime. Cause it's like kind of not cool. Like Yeah, no, it's not. Here's my opinion on it. It's a 500-mile race, not a 532-mile race. I like it. If, if you're leading at 500 miles, then you've won the race. Like Dale Earnhardt, there was overtime, might not be a Daytona 500 winner back in 1999. Yeah. Eight, 98, eight, but yes. 98. You know, that race ended under caution. No, like, people whined about it. But then they moved on with their day because that's how it was. And then NASCAR puts in this whole overtime thing. It's got to go. These races are 500, 400 miles long. When you cross that line, if you want to put a red flag out, I'm fine with that. If you want a red flag with four laps to go to clean up a wreck, go ahead and do that. Let them clean up, run a pace lap, and then run three laps. But if they wreck again, you're not, you're, it's done. It's over. Or if you're going to do it where you're going to race under green to finish the race, then race under green and finish the race. Don't put a stipulation on it. Now, I mean, on the other side of that, you could be out there all night long trying to finish a race. But yeah, I'm just going to say it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, what is it, soccer? I guess is one of them. Sorry, football is one of them. That it can end under a tie, so to speak. You know, you get your extra time, and then once it's over, it's over. Um, I don't know. If, uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know how NASCAR does that but it's like you either got to stop it like norman said when it's up it's up i just don't like the fact that you can go green white checker green white checker and then you still got this year in daytona we had a lot of competitive cars still re, like could race their cars weren't too beat up but we ended up just being done with it because it was you know i don't know they got to do something i did not like the way it ended it just didn't feel good ending normal race like okay we're like we're coming to white flag, like, oh, there's a caution. Was it Austin Dillon or whoever that spun? Like, and then we go to NASCAR overtime and we end under caution anyway. Like, yeah, so you didn't go to overtime, really. Yeah, like if we're gonna if we're gonna broadcast this, like, oh, we're throwing the 500 miles out the door, like, let's and because that's how they broadcasted it. They hyped it mm -hmm. up, like, and they always do that. But like, if we're gonna if we're gonna end the race under caution. 
and then go to some cool shootout thing. Don't end it under caution again. Like, and don't, don't, I, I don't like the whole, like when the steward pushes the button, whoever's in the lead, like, come on, dude, I've watched yeah, enough, it should be on the lights, man. I've watched enough like sports that. in my life to like, know that nothing is unbiased dude did it like did it did it not you always used to be on the lights like they try to find a camera view of when the first light blinked that a driver yeah. could have seen and that was when it was that's what i thought it was too it used, it used to, they, to always be the lights because then everybody knows when it ended instead of there's this weird gray area now and it's like yeah, when did he oh push yeah it? there's that time in between he pressed it and the and the lights coming on there's that delay so we don't actually know who won like that's that's so sus, man. I don't know. And it happened. I don't, I don't know. That's crazy. There's three races that we watched. It happened in the majority of the races. We waited after the. I think all three ended. Yeah, I think so. Like uh, maybe Ugh, we need to check. That's a bad that. look for the brand. That's a bad look. But for the but brand. like like multiple times we were sitting there waiting. Like um well no Zane Smith they ended under red or red yeah, flag red, for rain. rain rain out. You can't do much about oh, that. Yeah. Arca well, Arca finished their race. It was fun watching. Does Zarka even do green white checkers though? Do they even race they anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all jokes aside, that was probably the biggest Arca pack I've seen in a long time. To be fair, that's the last was, race you'll see this season. I mean, too. they still sucked, yeah. but they still sucked. That's the last wrong, one you'll watch this season. Too. I found it. I was I was entertained by it, but it also is it's quick painful, and over. Though, man. Like, I can't lie. What'd you say? It's painful though, man. I can't lie. I I started. I watched it recorded, and I caught up to live, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I, I watched it recorded. It took me about fifteen minutes to watch the race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it literally, literally. I think it took me like half an hour, and I caught up to live, and there was like twenty to go. <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> so technically, when Norman says he watched the Arca race, he just put his eyes on the Arca race. Yeah. That means he watched it. <laughs> there you go. You know, you know what I think would be like a happy medium though. Like, I, me personally, I I agree with you guys. I think getting rid of green white checkers would just be better because, like, honestly, at the end of the day, it's like we're all over it. We've been here for three and a half hours. Like, we don't want to. It took another half an hour to finish the race just in overtime. But like, if they really want this whole like we want to try and end under green flag movement, why not just do one attempt, and that's it. Like, just do one. Because, yeah. like, hear me out. You know, like, I, I, this is an F1 example, but say F1 uh, at Monza, I think it was, like, last year, the year before, it ended under yellow because a, a safety car came out with, like, four to go. Yep. And it takes them a long time to clean everything up and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, how about we just extend the race and do one attempt at restarting it and see how it goes? Like, you know what I mean? And if that ends under caution, it's like, okay, well, you, we, gave, we gave you a shot to end it under green. Like we get it, they came out late because you get those those ones that end late, or, or that end under yellow. That is just like really unfortunate circumstances. Like say a, a, a back marker goes for a spin with on lap, uh, you know, one ninety six. Well, now it's gonna end under yellow. So like you know what I mean? Like I get what I get the idea. I get the idea of the green white checkered, but at the same time usually. I'm like, man, three is ridiculous, man. Three is brutal. Like it's so long. Here's my thing against it. First off, and this goes to the Formula One side too. Look at how many people had to pit for fuel on the second attempt. Yeah. I, yeah, that too. That sucks. They NASCAR says they want to make the sport more affordable, right? What do y'all think these cars cost? A million dollars a piece? Uh, I don't know. You probably, I mean. Look at how many extra cars got wadded up and totaled 
because we kept attempting to finish this race. Man, that's been Daytona, though. That's the Daytona, you know, conversation. What was it, Tony Stewart back in the day that's like, no, we got what we wanted. We wrecked a bunch of cars. Yeah. That's what they want. That's what they want to see. That's what we did. And I mean, like, I I get it. It's a, it's the biggest it's the biggest racing series popularity wise in the US still. It's it's it gets more viewership than Formula 1 even though it sometimes doesn't feel like it if you're in the Formula 1 fan. But like I don't I don't know. I mean, um something something's got to give. I mean, right? Like Yeah. No. And we can talk about give. it for we can talk about it for days on end, but yeah, where are the viewing numbers? Oh, uh, I, I don't, I don't, they may not have been released yet. I don't have those. I am interested to find out. And if I do find them, I will post them in the show notes, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. It felt big to me. I don't yeah. know. I think they're still pretty big, man. That event never is going to fall off. I don't think they got to really screw up the sport to make that event fall off. I mean, we can all agree though. It, it, they may be trying, but they're not getting there. Right. They need to do something. Either go back to the old way and try to pick up me like, old dudes like me that are trying to, you know, get back into it or something for the new people. But this in between and trying to do stuff is not working. You've got to cut it out. As a, as an old fan, it, I didn't like it. Yeah. Don't like it. And I'm just going to go on a limb here. Maybe they break for commercial every eight laps because the modern viewer really isn't here to, to want to watch the race so to keep their attention they keep cutting to commercial and coming back cutting to commercial coming back yeah because attention spans are so short nowadays mm-hmm. but I don't, the I don't know they gotta do some but it, that's it's brutal i think yeah yeah man i i think that they're we're gonna come like we're gonna come to a crossroads where um fox in general okay this is a criticism of fox in general the Super Bowl, I thought the pre the pregame Super Bowl stuff was okay this year. It was okay. And the game was great. The game was really good. Um, I thought the Daytona 500 was the opposite. I was vibing out to the pregame stuff. Like, all of their history cuts and all of the commentary and interviews, like, it felt like the Super Bowl. It really did. And, and it hyped me up, like, like I like you said, I was grilling and, and chilling by ten thirty, like cracking beers, like let's do this. But <laughs> but I, and I think that if if they were able to do it without the so many commercials, that it might have nailed it still. But they ruined it for me, totally. I fell asleep. My wife woke me up near like three quarters through the race. I missed like three laps. But I mean, there you go. That's all I need to say go. about that. Yeah, I was gonna say that that should tell tell it all there. Yeah. But wake up, Fox. Well wake up, Fox. That's you know, what we could say. As wake far up, as Fox. as far as like other speaking of taking, you know, pages out of a playbook, you know, NASCAR released their USA series. I don't know if you guys watched it. It was a, a attempt at drive to survive. And now we see like um golf just released their Netflix oh, yeah. quote drive to survive. Yep. It, it was definitely a phenomena. Um, NASCAR released theirs. It was pretty good. Not going to lie. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, the OG is coming down the pipeline here pretty soon. New season of drive to survive coming out. 
Yep. F1 TV show, Netflix. If y'all haven't seen it, go look. It's, I think all the guys here watch it for sure. It's a must watch, must hate situation. Yeah. Norman doesn't <laughs> like it. I, I don't, if you, it's, it's good to get people into the, into the racing, but the bad thing is they make things that aren't real. They, they make relationships and hatred and like rivalries that aren't even really there on the TV show, but it, uh, it they dramatize it. Well, they need to work on their audio because like you'd be yeah. trying to listen to somebody talk. The next thing you know, you get blown out by some exhaust, but, but or, an, or, or an air gun or something. It is the the chiming of the bells for the oh, inevitable, yeah. though. Oh yeah, the Formula One season, and we are actually one day, five hours and fifty four minutes away from cars on track, which Baby. feels pretty good. It oh, feels you gave me goosebumps me. when you said that. So yeah, so February twenty third, which is also uh, my wife and my oldest daughter's birthday, we'll Shout start out. day one. Oh yeah. Day one of testing. It's testing. We can't get too excited about it. I remember last year, McLaren was like at the top of the charts, and we all know how they ended up last year. So you can grain of salt type deal, but a lot of people sandbag too um, during this testing session because it's the first one of the year. Um, they'll be doing a lot of testing for aero, especially with new, um, you know, new pieces, parts, wings, side pods. Ground is big. You know, the, the ground effects of these cars are huge for, you know, aero stuff. Um, You'll see a lot if you if you tune in. You'll see a lot of the grills that they put on the sides of the cars, front of the wings, behind, and everything, trying to get to figure out where this air's flowing. If you see some funky paint on them, it's because they put some neon paint on there so they can actually see where that dries on the car to see where the air's pushing. Um, it's pretty neat stuff. I, I get into it. I geek out on it. Um, but a lot of lot of changes on the cars this year, especially seeing what kind of Ferrari did with their. I don't know, Antonio can probably explain it better, but their side pods almost look like little pools of water or something almost, you know? Like <laughs> The Mercedes looks wild this year, man. Mercedes looks a little bit different. I noticed, I was looking at a lot of changes. It seems like the cockpits have been moved around, and maybe it's just the pictures that I was seeing one-on-one. -on -one. It looks like they might have done that. I don't know what, how much freedom they had in doing that, you know? But the Mercedes was the big one last year. They had the, I don't call it tapered from the top of the car down. Um, the side pods didn't protrude as much on theirs as the other cars. But I think this year they kind of did more um, of that. It's still less people, prolific. Yeah. And a, and a lot of people pushed off of Ferrari's deal. I noticed Haas did a little kind of their new side pods. looks a lot like it. Red Bull, of course, boring. But, hey, they win. You know what I mean? You can be boring when you're winning. But, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be doing some stuff on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I think tune in on Sky Sports F1 for sure. I'm pretty sure that'll be the F1 app also. At least you'll be able to see some uh, some replays out there. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's practice. I'm just happy F1's back on track. We got something other than NASCAR going on. Me too. Um, I mean, we could talk about the liveries, but there's literally almost zero to talk about. There was no big splashes on the liveries, the paint, the paint schemes. Yeah. Alfa Romeo um, looks tight. Ferrari yeah. looks tight. Mercedes the with the green and black, extra tight. All the others, I mean, they yeah. all look tight, dude. They're billion-dollar cars. <laughs> yeah, the Duracell is still taking the cake. The Duracell yeah, placement on the Williams, <laughs> hands down. I hope they stay with that. I hope that wasn't a joke. Oh, man. Um. Little bit, a little little touch base that we can go back to on F1 later on, but um, they added 1.2 million to the team's uh, cost cap allowances. Nice. Which it's crazy how 1.2 million 
isn't that much in this sport. Like we call that catering. Is, oh my gosh, 1.2 million. It's like somebody needed a new filter or yeah. something. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll up it all for everybody so you can go ahead and buy that piece of carbon fiber to put on that wing or something. Um, the DRS zones have been changed at the first five F1 tracks. It's supposed to be making passing easier. It's also going to make it harder because, I'm, you know, DRS trains happen. Um, so you'll be able to pass if you're one-on-one with a guy, but if everybody's getting the DRS, then there's be going around in circles hopefully it'll keep them closer together they won't be able to break up as much i mean they're always trying that that's that's what drs was brought into play for was more passing and different things like that but i will um, say compared to nascar because we were just complaining about the draftability of of the cars in nascar this year the next gen car yeah i would say formula one hit the nail on the head with their draftability in this next gen car because last year we got some really good racing. I don't know what you guys think. It was better. Uh, it's so frustrating because I want them to be able to pass more. I don't know how to, you know, it's like DRS was where the passing was happening. But yes, I could, I could, I could admit there was a couple of times some people were taking some chances where usually a pass wouldn't have been made. Where's the line though? You know, like, do you want if it, do we want a NASCAR situation where you don't want to be in first place on the last lap on the final straight? because the drafting's so good. Like, I don't know if I want True. that, you know? Like, I want it to come, because I felt like last year, almost at every track, into turn one, which is almost always followed, with some exceptions, but is pretty much almost always followed by the start-finish straight, which is long, that the cars were almost always even coming into the braking zone. Like, there was a lot more of that. I'll give you that. I'll give you it, that. It felt cooler to me to watch. Yeah. It was better in the car before. It was better in the car before. I mean, that was out of control. There was literally two, three teams that were racing, and that was it. Like this year, Alonzo, as much as I, we talked about it, I love Alonzo to death. Get the hell out of a car. Like, right. come on, bro. But he was making some moves last year that you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your car ain't supposed to be doing that, you know? Alpine was on point. And I, I can't wait to see him at Aston Martin because, like I said before in an earlier podcast, now, this year or next year is kind of when they made the pink Mercedes at Aston Martin, you know? Yep. Um, it wasn't Aston Martin at the time, but so the it's kind of. Yeah, you need to make a green Mercedes. Well, I guess it'd be a green Red Bull now. Or, so I don't know how you. But yeah, now's about the time that they really start. Um, Stroll starts pulling out everything he can to win and you do know, better. Stroll gets a lot of hate, but I. Okay, like's a strong word, but. Uh, I like Lance Stroll. I think I think he's got some chops that, and I think that he gets a lot of hate. And uh, I guess if I was buying buying puts or calls on Lance, I'd buy calls on Lance. I think, and his dad owns the team, so what is he gonna do? Get fired? Like he's gonna be around for a while. He'll be team leader when Alonzo retires, inevitably. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I think his dad will finally want to win man <laughs> like i'm sorry right. pull out too but never know. lance is a race God, winner no. i mean come on <laughs> no let's not let's not start this what do you so think, is ricky stenhouse jr yeah come on uh now hey. i uh, we need a canadian in formula one am i wrong we i mean we ditched no. latifi no not really Antonio, are you well, up? I'm gonna be honest with you. We need we need some some better representation. I, I wouldn't be sad to see him go. 
isn't there like some Canadian superstar kid coming up through the ranks? I remember hearing some thing about that. Well, we'll keep an eye out on that. I don't know. Oh, Canada. We hope you also, produce Also, I was just looking drivers. at the schedule. Did I didn't even notice Saudi Arabia second like round 2. Yeah. I didn't realize we went Bahrain and Saudi Arabia right away. Oh, that petro that petrochemical money got to have it. So there was bombs going off yeah. close to the track. <laughs> there was just, there was sand. It was just, sh- dude, I'm sorry. It was, I don't know how else to put it. It's not a good track. Like Antonio said, it's not a good track. It's not a good layout. It's not a good place. It's terrible. I don't know what they were thinking. Ever oh, money, bro. Money. Saudi Arabia oh, wanted like a race. When they built the track. Yeah, well, they didn't. I don't think they cared, honestly. It was money. You come, well, I'm going to pay you to come here. Or you're going to come here because I told you to because I own F1 pretty much. I think that's how that went. They, they were like, all right, all right. We have some uh, land restrictions when we're building the track. You get about uh, 200 feet in width, but we'll give you four <laughs> miles in uh, length. Build a track. <laughs> you have to put a bunch of bus stops in there. Just so, slow yourself down. So hot yeah. take. Okay, because, yeah. Yeah, we race. We race as one. We race for money. We know which one's more true. Um, I mean, like you're preaching all of these human rights goals, and then you go to some of the most like just horrible human rights violating places in the yeah. world. Um, right. So big, but hot take question: Does the Middle East produce good racing? Are the tracks good other than Saudi Arabia? Because I think like, I think that like you know. Bahrain's pretty good. I think Yas Marina's decent. I think I like Bahrain. I like Azerbaijan. I like um, I like Yas Marina, Abu Dhabi. It's good, but like I don't know. I mean, like to be fair though, like Abu Dhabi needed a lot of work to be good. Like it was it was very bad when it first came in. And I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Azerbaijan for some reason. I don't know. I'd like to track, but you know the mile straight kind of turned some people away from it. But I don't know, man. Saudi Arabia was just like. It seemed like it was for the wrong narrative that we were going there. Like Qatar, everybody's okay with too. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's just the one that's really like, damn, we're really going here for the wrong. Yeah. Narrative. Like, I don't know. That one was a big turnoff for me. I'm not gonna lie. Like Azerbaijan, I think it's that's that's one that has to stay. I love that race. Just such a unique track. Bahrain is all. It's good. Abu Dhabi got better last year, but it's still Abu Dhabi to me. Um, and could care two cents about Saudi Arabia. I, I think that the track is terrible. It's It looks like they just threw squiggly lines around Saudi Arabia and built a track with it. Yeah. Even just getting away from, like, the right stuff and being worried about that. Like, I think we're just going the wrong direction with money. Like look at all the United States races. Like you can't even afford a ticket. Now it's funny. You can afford a ticket to the one that's actually a proper circuit. You try and go to Vegas or Miami. It's a joke. Yeah. And you look at like, look at the Vegas track map. Like, what is that? I was getting ready to say it. That's going to be good. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Here we are. What are we doing? We're wondering why, this track in Saudi Arabia is horrible. Then you go look at the track map for Las Vegas. Why? What is the time? Money, man. I'm telling you. F1 has the... As much as I say they got to get away from the money, they don't have to because that's all it's made of. 
Right. It's nothing but passing money around in hands. I love F1. I love Formula One race. It is the pinnacle of racing. I don't care what anybody says. If you're a driver, road, you know, road driver, you want to be an F1. Hands down. I don't know how you wouldn't want to be an F1. So I might but step on some toes. America needs one race. We don't need three. Keep it at Coda. I know it's not the greatest track in the world, but I've been to Coda. I love Coda, but is Coda the answer? I think that's the problem. I think if you would have built a track that's an amazing track down there, Circuit of the Americas, what it was supposed to be, right? Undulations, turns. On on paper and what we were hearing before the track was built, it sounded good. When it got done, it wasn't good. It just wasn't great. So I think if we would have had a nice track, Norman, to your point, I think we would have had one. I feel like Miami and Vegas are both things to I mean, America's kind of blowing up in F1 right now. America's figuring out about F1, Formula One. The the average person is starting to watch, you know, Netflix, figure this out, want to be a fan. So they're trying to find these Miami and, uh, you know, like I said, Las Vegas. Austin, Texas, one, it's not the best place for people to go to. I mean, it's not a hopping place. It's cool. It's getting there. Oh, it's cool. No, don't get me wrong. It is an awesome place for me to go, but... You know, a, a L.A. person wanting to go to a F1 race. You going to Miami, you going to Vegas, you going to Austin, Texas. Do you think that it's more that they're throwing races in America, more races in America, just because America is so big and it's it's hard for someone to travel halfway across the country to one of these races? No, I think it's just because what we were talking about the the Netflix. You know, is is America starting to come around? There's more people America's at Coda. A huge market for them too, dude. And then there's so many people at Coda compared, like the last two years compared to previous years. But like, my, I don't know the numbers, it, but just looking physically at the track and watching people in the seats packed yeah. all the way down, setting on the grass, yeah, it's popped off, packed. I've never seen it, and every year it's more and more. There were more people there for qualifying this year than there were for the race when I was there three years ago. Yeah. So I want to make a, I guess, something that's that's on my mind. Like, I'm worried that Formula One's going to overdo it, right? Because they, they've been popular in the U.S. before. Not on this level, but they, like, they've had this opportunity when they were racing at Indianapolis and whatever. And then they did, like, an, uh, we, we should honestly do, an, you know, more content in an episode on it with some research. But... They did a bad race in Vegas before in the parking lot of Caesars. <laughs> yep. And, and like, and so are we going to beat this into submission? That's my fear. There's so many great racetracks in the United States. I know they're not grade one, but they, but like, like if you're going to invest all this money, Formula One, Liberty Media, whoever you are, into, you know, bringing a race to Vegas or building a track around the hard rock um, in Miami, why not like, why why not put that money into Watkins Glen or something like that? I mean, think about the market that's around New York City and Watkins Glen and, and that area and Canada. And like, that's a great location. It just baffles me because my progression as a race fan, I fell in love with Formula One. I'm not an old salt, but I fell in love before the Drive to Survive days, I'm proud to say, to watching Drive to Survive and thinking to myself, because everyone wants to be part of the movement, right? So when that show came out, I was like, awesome. Like, I have a head start on this. Like, cool. I know all these drivers already, but this is letting me know more. It's, it was great. Really fueled my fire. And then I spent 
you know, buckets of money on sim racing um, because <laughs> I wanted to find out more about the tracks. Point is, is like, I'm not the only one that went down this progression cycle. Whether you started before Drive to Survive or after Drive to Survive, I think the, the progression into being a race fan is the same. You don't just fall in love with the Hollywood aspect of it. You want to know more. You want to see better racing. You want to understand the politics. You want to understand how the money moves and why the teams do what they do. And as a six-year-old race fan, truly, I'm to the point now where I'm like you guys. I don't really like Drive to Survive. It's kind of disenchanting. I, I, don't, I see problems with these tracks that we're trying to build, and I want us to go to these better tracks because I'm wanna, I want to be nostalgic about something that I've never experienced before because I feel like I missed out on that age of Watkins Glen and Indianapolis, and like I feel like I missed that, right? I feel like I deserve in my fandom to experience that again. And so if we could go there again, I feel like everyone's progression is the same. All these fans that I meet, whether it was at Coda or at the Rolex or at Texas Motor Speedway or whatever, they're on this same path if they're new. They're eventually going to become diehard, opinionated, kind of hard to get along with racing fans. And I think that Drive to Survive, Formula One, NASCAR, everyone needs to understand that like we're all going to get to this level, right? And you can't play the gimmick card so much. You can't just go to Miami and Vegas and like, what are we going to, are we going to race in downtown New York? Like that was talk. Like it's like the Chicago race for NASCAR. Like no one in Chicago cares about NASCAR. Like what are we doing? And so like, are we beating it into submission? Sorry, it was a bit of a rant, but it's my fear because I want friends that like Formula One right? Like I want to walk into the gas station and be like, Hey, do you see the race this weekend? Pretty cool. Right. But I don't want it to be this flash in the pan fad where it's just being a formula one fan is going to the race, taking a bunch of selfies next to cars, posting it on Instagram, and then falling out of love with it two years later. I want it to be something big. And I feel like if you want to do that, you need to give us race fans something that we love and that's good racing, right? Random. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I get that. But I guess with the whole problem with it is, is you're, I think the, the reason we're going to Vegas and we're going to Miami is because, and unfortunately it's what you said, it's because the people that want to take selfies next to the car, cause they saw them on Netflix. Um, they liked the clothes that Lewis Hamilton was wearing when he showed up to the track. Um, you know, they like that he pushed the envelope of the fashion, you know, uh, industry. I, I'm I'm afraid that's what we're into, um, and all I use it is I'm trying to use it as fuel to fuel the thing that I have a passion for, and hopefully grab a few more people on the way. But yes, I'm afraid that they are going to probably saturate it out. But that's the reason that we don't work on Watkins Glen. You touched on New York. It's New York, but it's 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 not New York. I mean, you're not downtown New York, so someone can say I went to Vegas on the Strip and watched that you know that uh, um, F1 race. I was down on Miami Beach watching that F1 race. I think it's more of a status thing with the Netflix. Unfortunately, I think that's where they've went with it. But I I, I, I like it to just bring in fans in, you know, because then it brings money, then it brings new opportunities for the sport. So back to Antonio's point, do you fix it by reducing the ticket price? I, 
I think you can't have your cake and eat it too. I don't think you can because then you lose the status. Then people yeah. like me can get in. I'm not going to post on Instagram. I don't give a damn what Lewis Hamilton was wearing when he walked in. That's interesting because NASCAR's cheap and not very many people go unless it's the Daytona 500 or the whatever, whatever, you know. But they just got their show, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> True. I think the problem is society's changed so much now that, like, it is, it is like, like Levi said, it's a status thing. Like, people nowadays, you buy a Ferrari for your status. You don't buy a Ferrari because it's some handcrafted, beautiful machinery that you want to enjoy. Like, you just want to post with it and be like, yeah, I got a Ferrari, man. I'm, I'm cool. It's kind of like the same thing when people go to a race. Like, it's just like the F1 races, it's such a, overwhelming experience that everybody needs to be posting and it's like so high status that all these celebrities show up and they're, they're letting them on the grid walk and they're ignoring ignoring will buxton and all this stuff and it's just like you know what i mean like it's it's a different type of vibe i don't think to touch on nascar too i don't think nascar's looking for that i mean like i they want to be bigger don't get me wrong but it doesn't you, you can only Driving around in circles can only appeal to someone so much. That's the problem for like an average person. Like if you really don't understand all the concepts, you're not gonna you're not gonna understand it. Whereas F1, you don't really gotta understand it. You just gotta be there. And that's what they're pushing, it seems like. So I really don't think dropping ticket prices is gonna make a difference. It's just gonna if anything, it's just gonna make it more packed and lose that legendary status, I guess, that it has right now. Which is I think why they're pushing the market into the United States, because they that that's where all these people with these celebrity and high statuses are. They're in America. This is where they are. Like this is this is social. Like the media is revolves around the United States. Yep. Like let's be honest here. So and then we get to watch Megan know, the Stallion, like you know, blow off Martin Brundle <laughs> in Austin or my. Oh, was it Martin Brundle? Or, <laughs> or was it Will? Yeah. I don't even remember who the hell it was. So. And it goes back to, I think, episode one, Dave said that, you know, NASCAR is not going to fail because it's businessmen. And the businessmen in NASCAR and in Formula One, they're there to make money. I'm not here to watch the race so they can make money. I'm here to watch the race because I have a passion for racing. And I think, Dave, that's where you're starting to figure out that it's the time we live in now that, it's all about money and how can I get more money in my pocket? The guys that run these series don't care two cents about racing. Right. They, they aren't race car drivers themselves. They've never been race car drivers. They've been businessmen and they worked their way up the group and got elected to be CEOs. Um, I think that's where we've got, got to just accept that we can't have our cake and eat it too. Both series are going this way, and it's just what we have to live with now. And if we like racing, we're going to watch it anyway. I think it helps, too, that F1's got a status member. And, and I keep going back to Lewis Hamilton, but he's the only one I know. Lewis Hamilton's the only one in F1 that I know that reaches outside of F1 fans. You know what I mean? Like, there's people that know Lewis Hamilton that don't know much about F1. I can't say the same thing about Max uh, Verstappen or K-Mag or, you know, any of the other drivers really on, on the – schedule right now that are that are you know in the driver lineup so what i'm trying to say is i guess when you've got someone like lewis hamilton you're probably going to blow up bigger nascar doesn't really have a lewis hamilton right now in my mind 
I think that they, so that's where, and I, you, you may not like this Levi, but that's where your boy Danny Rick comes to mind, right? Like I, there might, an IndyCar has been, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but all of my favorite Formula 2 drivers are now IndyCar drivers, like Christian Lungard and like, I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and um, it's some of my Formula 1 drivers, like like Roman Grosjean, um, Callum Lot. There's a lot of names. And uh, so I guess some people look at that as like they're running away from their opportunity or whatever but maybe they see the writing on the wall that like does i guess does the progression of race fan go from not very knowledgeable to super passionate and then you stay there or does it really go where i think some of these people that aren't race fans they're businessmen are thinking does it go from racing what's around me you know like maybe you fall in for, in love with formula one and then you go to races locally that are cheaper like imsa and indycar and nascar and so like maybe they're banking on that or are these drivers just real like are they are they really i just i i can't believe that they're getting paid better money to run 13th in the US at Road America than they were to run fifth or or fourth in Formula 2. They just want to race competitively. Well, and that's the deal. It's such a cutthroat deal in F1. You're either in or you're in. If you're not in, you're probably not going to get in. And once you're out, you're out. Yeah. Maybe that's um, like, yeah. I just don't understand so the desperation of needing a seat, I guess, because I'm and not a race right car now, driver. Right now, I mean, me and he's talked about it. We've all talked about it. Some of these old guys need to leave. Well, really, I mean, Alonzo is about the only one left after Vettel. And there's a bunch of young guys. I mean, Max got – how many more years do you think as a group? How many think you got Max has oh, in, a, in an F1 seat if he wants it? I, I, if he wants it? See, that's the key. And Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, where is there an open seat you know is going to be there in the next five years? Do you I think Checo's on his way out. I think Checo's been around longer than people realize. You know, to, I think to see Red Bull though, and well, Red Bull's a little different because of Ricardo, but usually they've got a number three driver that's young who could he's kind of like the next guy in, right? Supposedly, that's the way it's supposed to work. Your reserve driver is the next guy in. So if you're an F2 still and you're even if you're competitive, it's kind of frustrating to look at that lineup and see that every reserve driver's filled, every regular seat's filled except for one or two. I've got a chance to go make a career somewhere. I might want to go take that. Alonzo. Not including Alonzo. Hamilton's your next guy. And I guess after Hamilton, Botas? K-Mag? I was going to say, you got K-Mag, you've got... Uh, um, K-Mag's a GT driver, man. He should he should just go with his dad. He's got so many connections. He should just go drive for Corvette and WEC. And you got, and, and you got Alkenberg coming back. I think they're just trying to get the most they can out of that car with some older drivers right now. But yeah. if those two guys could get some younger drivers, I mean, there's there's some drives there, but do you really want to be an F2 guy who's in the top three in F2 and then go to Haas right now? Mm, no, I, mean, I don't. There's so many things. You can have the most money and the most talent, and, like, all the stars still have to align for you to get an F1 seat. And, like, exactly. even to get one that actually is relevant. Or if you got a three- or four-year like, contract so in Indy and you can be in a competitive team. Your you dad know. just does seven a team. Yeah, true story. Yeah. I know I know every I, I think F1's one of their biggest things is like 
there's such a difference between like there is a distinguished difference between front of the pack middle of the pack and the back like you can say the same about nascar don't get me wrong you got like you know hendrick up front and you got at the back you could have like rick Ware racing but like at the same time you still got like five or six teams in contention to win f1 it's like i mean even if you go look back in the years man it's always been one or two teams. oh yeah oh yeah it's been teammates or it's been another team and it like there's never three teams in it i mean like yeah there's probably been some uh, don't get me wrong someone's gonna call me out on that but i'm just mean like for the most part like it's not much man like it's look at 2016 it was late teammates battling the whole year <laughs> like yeah I, it, it's crazy it's, it's hard to say like what's your take on this year i think i i, I asked that because i think this year has potential to be closer than the last five or six <laughs> Dude, last year would have been closer. Ferrari wouldn't have shot themselves in the foot for the first five or six races. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Six, man, the whole seat, the whole season, man. Uh, I'm just saying they were out of it by the end, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's just going to be like every other year. I think someone's going to just eventually figure it out and walk away with it. Like it's always going to be close first few races because there's so many things. Like everybody's getting back on their feet. It's the first race of the season. Everybody's made some changes. And then, boom, like four races in, someone figures it out and walks away with it. You know what I mean? I think as far as teams go, I think uh, – well, not really teams, but drivers. Um, I think Leclerc is going to have a standout year this year. I think hopefully Ferrari's made some changes where they just won't, like, kill him and let him do his thing. I'm not a big fan of his, per se. I don't, don't hate the guy, but I'm just not a big fan. But he can drive, and I hope he gets to show it. All right, let me throw a curveball at you guys. What makes the what makes the NFL, the NBA, the NHL – the MLB, all of these United States, what keeps the balance between these teams? Even though the Golden State Warriors have millions and millions and millions of more dollars than, say, your, you know, uh, Orlando Magic or whatever team, right? What still keeps the balance and the scales even? A draft. A draft and if you are the worst team you get the most or the highest draft pick you can trade that pick it's not that simple you can trade it for money you can trade it for future draft picks you can trade it for people man i was gonna say 15 dollars nachos right <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true but you could also flip that and say that like no other sport has this big of a difference in cars though right like realistically if you're going by like picks, you're still always going to have like, let's be honest, every, every F1 driver, but like belongs there. Like you give any of those guys a car for the most part. And I promise you, they will, they will, they will win you the championship. I guess, like, you know what I mean? So I guess you're right. It's hard to say. Right. Like, like, I guess, and I I've said that before that the assumption in formula one is perfection, right? Like, all the drivers should perform perfectly every lap and it's comes down to engineering. So I guess, I guess you're right. But, it just baffles me how much more money the top teams have and what that perpetuates to is more money to hire better people. And so the cycle ne- my, the cycle never ends. And yes, I do. You want my honest opinion? Standardize more parts, and then you will bring the field closer together. Then we're getting into spec too, race. It's too open. Yeah, then we're... No, yeah, but, yeah, I don't but want it's, a spec too race. Open. But why? Because uh, I like the innovation. Yeah, but there's too much innovation right now. That's what gives us these big gaps. Ooh. It's a trade-off. You can either have it be solely 
innovation and do whatever you want, or you have it standardized. Like I'm not saying standardize the entire car, right. but like open up less. Like you can look at the look at the uh, look at the old generation cars. You could have probably standardized that entire car except the front wing, and Mercedes would have clapped everyone's cheeks because they figured out the front wing. Yeah. Like, anyways, that's that's a bit dr- drastic, but like you get what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you have to somewhat standardize it to to bring some sort of balance. Like right now, it's just so innovative based that it's like, if you don't know how to innovate, which is pretty much seven of ten teams right now, you're you're doing nothing. So they don't they don't they have you know restrictions. Of course, we all know you know wing can only be so big, it has to be so high, you know this and that. Um, your your barge boards down the side of the car has to be extend out this far, can't go this far. You know what I mean? All that stuff. Maybe if you made that even smaller, where they can only move within the, a smaller box, so to speak. Well, yeah, I mean, would that would that do something? Where like Norman, you could still have your innovation. People are still going to find ways to make that work, but make it even smaller of a box. Maybe maybe the the certain part of the wing you can change, but a, the back part of the wing has to stay the same or something. So all you can do is mess with the nose. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to throw stuff out there. Brainstorm. I'm just saying NASCAR is pretty standardized, but you still have innovation that makes you succeed. Mm-hmm. I think you, you're seeing Formula One try to get their hands on it and not go that route by doing testing limitations, wind tunnel testing limitations. If you win the championship, you don't, you know, are they're trying to limit how much you can pay your engineers. They're kind of salary capping your engineers cost. And I think it's going to be a few years till you start seeing, till we can see if these changes are going to work or not. I mean, I guess, I guess you could look at IndyCar for an example. I mean, the racing in IndyCar is, I mean, it doesn't get a lot of love, but the racing is good. It's fun to watch. That's and a the spec series right there too. And the championship exactly. came down to the bitter end, as it should, as in a spec series. But you still have your superstars that succeed and your teams that stand out and your guys like Elio that win four or three times in a row Indy 500 champion. Like, I think that that's where, and I think that's that's where spec racing shines, right? Is because we assume perfection in these drivers, but what if we didn't? What if we assumed equality in the car? and let magic happen. I mean, I think, but I think that's why F1's the best, right? You got everything open pretty much. Yeah. The drivers well, love are that. the best of the best. The cars are the best of the best per whatever that team thinks is the best. You know? I look at, you know, I watch an IndyCar race because I'm looking for, I know it's a spec series. I can get behind it, right? I know I'm going to get a great race. I watched Formula One because it's not a spec race. I'm watching guys take cars that shouldn't be doing. My best example is last year, Haas. Look at Mick Schumacher and look at um, K-Mag. How much better did K-Mag perform in that car? I think K-Mag overperformed that car last year. Yeah, he did. I think Mick was performing what that car should perform. Yep. I think that shows you that K-Mag is a really good driver. I think that... uh this is conspiracy theory on that whole point right there, but I think that they knew they needed Schumacher out. You can't kick a Schumacher, in quotes, the name out. They weren't making changes to this car. That was documented. They were making changes to K-Mag's car. So they tanked Schumacher to get him cut loose so they could find uh, somebody else. 
They didn't want. But K Mag before the season even started, or when the season just started, was outperforming him. Yeah, but if you if you don't give me the same parts, man, I can't keep up. Yeah, but I mean that's that's just what that is. Maybe it's not as big as it was at the end of the season, but K Mag still was. He did good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from what he did. He was way ahead of Schumacher in the first five races of the season. But Schumacher did some really good racing against a couple of guys during the season. I think he he put up a pretty good show for the car that he had. Hey, well, Mercedes was impressed. They hired him. Yeah, no joke, right? That's kind of bad when you go from Haas and at least a reserve driver. Oh, and speaking of reserve drivers, oh, Stroll's still out with uh, the accident that he had. I think it was a, a biking accident. Was it correct? I don't know about that one, but I heard uh, about that today. Okay. Yeah. He had more? a biking accident in the off season and he's still getting some stuff worked out. So, uh, drug Drogovic, which I think is a reserve driver will be the one he'll actually be testing for Aston Martin this week instead yes. of Stroll. that's huge, so, man. I think it is. If he can come out and really punch him in the face, um, you know, and put some numbers up, maybe, Maybe we can get something done there. I believe, um, dude. Yeah, I people believe. that don't know, Lawrence Stroll bought Aston Martin so that he could sponsor his team by Aston Martin. I mean, that's the kind of money this guy's playing with. Um, I don't know if y'all knew that, that he's the main owner of Aston Martin now. And that's he's why it became a sponsor rich. of his own team. Very rich, and his son is one of the drivers. So if anybody out there listening doesn't know what that is and why we keep saying things, Lance Stroll's an all right guy. He's a Canadian. He's a good dude, but... You're in daddy's car, bro. He's daddy's Get car. Out. You're in daddy's car. Dude, I'm I got high hopes for Drago. I can't wait to see what he can do. I feel like he might he might be honestly next in line at Austin Martin for real. And we're gonna have more on an F1 uh kind of preview type deal for the first of the season. But uh yeah, not the only other thing I've got is they they're easing some of the radio restrictions and stuff. So um and they got some kind of new rain tire, but we'll have more on that later. I wanna I wanna make sure I got all the stuff in, in line but uh yeah f1 app dude i'm telling you it's where it's at if f1 if nascar could do something like the f1 app i'd probably pay money for it because it's pretty handy you can listen to any team radio watch any on-car cam you want plus you can see the broadcast so uncensored also we're in the works of having another um preview for f1 coming up and we'll You'll get all our picks for constructor, constructor champion, driver champions, and all that good stuff. And for the I'm first race, we will always be doing the bin it, in it, or win it from now on. Heck yeah. So um, we'll be doing that. But yeah, good things. F1's fired back up. Um, NASCAR got rolling. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. 12 hours of Sebring's around the corner. Yeah. It is. It Excited is. for that. Gonna be cool. I love it. St. Pete's right around the corner too. I'm telling you, it's it's race season. It's race yeah, and, season, baby. And to you, it's IndyCar, on. it's on. And to you, IndyCar fans out there, I'm hyped for IndyCar this year, and so I'm looking forward to covering. I'm gonna players. I'm gonna start watching a little more than I usually watch. I usually tune in very little, so we're gonna see what we can do with Man, Indy it's here. It's been good. It's been good, and so I've heard. I love me some Lee Diffie. He's my favorite. <laughs> I'm Lee Diffie, dude. Uh, he always gets me in such a good mood. Like man, Lee, you're my man. <laughs> they just had a pre-race show like the Daytona 500 had. Then I think every day would be a Super Bowl day for IndyCar race for me. Man, I'm looking forward to May. I know that. I mean, we have some. Let's not forget, we got like 
we're still trying to find out who's in the Indy 500, but we already know like Kyle Larson's running it, and like I know there's some crazy days on the list. As far as I racing goes, I've always wanted to do an Indy Indy, so I I may have to try one. Let's do one on I racing. Can't do it Um, anymore. Yeah, we can. They'll have one. They'll have do. Come on, it's like Lamar. Delara, a Delara, whatever they are called. The iRacing Formula C. <laughs> no, yeah, whatever they call it. But what yes. do they call it? No, it's something. No, Formula is the, the Delara. Isn't is it the... like the American Formula cars? Oh, no, no. It's Open Wheel C. Open Wheel nice. C. Or yes. B or something. I've I actually thought about doing one. I, I, I think this year may be the year. Let's sponsor one. Let's do one. Let's host one. Whatever you want to name it. Man, I should have done the 500. Though. Dude, we could host one. That would be sweet, right? The Lap Zero Lap Podcast. Lap Zero Podcast, Indy 500. Indy 500. Or Indy 500 sponsored by Lap Zero Podcast. And Lap. call it the Indy 500. The, the 500 mile race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We call it the Indy 499 plus one. The Lap Zero 500. There you go. I'm in. Let's do it. I'll race well, it. The Indy Zero. Hey, speaking of speaking of eye racing, where are we racing this week? <laughs> we're uh, we're uh, no, we're in Silverstone. Oh. We're the single race. Oh, this is the two big lapper. one. Oh, dude, no sweat. I love me some Silverstone. YouTube Team Goon Squad. Team Goon Squad YouTube channel. Check it out. 